radio station in North Georgia. It's 8.30 and time once again for the Bible Broadcast with Evangelist Keith Allison. Welcome, friend, again to the Bible Broadcast. This is Keith Allison. I am doing the work of an evangelist out of Demarest, Georgia. And I just want to welcome you to this 30 minutes of Bible exposition. And I want to say what a real blessing it is for me to be uh, on the radio and the opportunity to witness uh, to you and to preach to you the good word of God. And thank you for listening. And if you are a first-time listener, if you will mark the station and the time on which you are listening and come back next week, then we'll be back on the air, the Lord willing, again. This is a weekly broadcast, and so we, uh, wherever you're listening to me right now, we'll be on again again next week at the same time, the Lord willing. And so thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. And to those of you that are supporters of this ministry, I want to say a big thank you to you, and may God richly bless you for what you are doing. We are excited about the Lord and the ministry and excited to see people saved and see the saints of God encouraged and revived, and we're so grateful for that. Uh, Let me mention my newest book, uh, and the title is Discerning the Times. It is uh, subtitled Identifying Where We Are in Prophecy, and uh, it's a uh, uh, 133-page paperback, and uh, I think it would be a real asset and a real blessing to you to help you understand more about uh, where we're at in prophecy. Uh, the chapters in this, uh, they are uh, chapter 1, a place to start. I talk about the method of Bible interpretation, the distinction between Israel and the church, and God's covenants with Israel. Chapter 2, we look at the times of the Gentiles. Chapter 3, the fullness of the Gentiles. Chapter 4, the last days, and in that we look at the last days in relation to Israel, the last days in the world, and the church in the last days. And then chapter 5 is on Israel today. We look at Israel in the past, Israel in prophecy, and Israel in the present, and you don't want to miss reading that chapter Chapter 6 is a world at war. Uh, We hear about Russia and Iran and all these nations in the Middle East. Well, they're found in the Word of God, and God has a lot to say about it. Uh, In that chapter, we look at uh, the invasion by Gog and his allies, which one of them would be uh, Iran, and of course Gog is a reference to, to Russia. The invasion by the beast, the Antichrist, and his armies, the invasion by the armies from the east, the invasion by the armies from around the world, and then the invasion by the king of kings. And I just want to say that uh, I believe we are in these last days, and this little book helps you to understand where we're at. I do not set dates, nor do I try to uh, tell you exactly when the Lord's coming, but I'm just showing you that We're living in days when there are a lot of prophecy that has already been fulfilled in relationship to the second coming, and we need to see uh, what's going on. And so the little book, it sells for $8, and if I mail it to you, then I'll have to have a little bit for shipping and handling, but uh, you can uh, go to my website and order it. You can give me a call. You can text or write. 
but I'd love to put the book in your hands. And you can order the book from scripturetruth.com. Uh, that is Scripture Truth Book Company out of Fincastle, Virginia. They sell my books, but you can go to scripturetruth.com or either go to my website, keithallisonministries.com, and you should be able to link on uh, to the Scripture Truth and order the book. Now, as I'm doing these recordings, uh, it is in the process of all being put together as far as my website and theirs. They're already connected concerning my other books that I have written, and so we're just trying to get the new one linked up. But if it's not there yet, then you call me, and I'd be glad to mail you a copy of this book. All right, we're going to open the Word of God today to the book of 2 Corinthians in chapter number 5, and I want to continue with a message that I started last week on what happens when someone is saved. What happens when someone is saved? And I told you last time, I made a good bit of introduction on this about some synonymous terms that's used in the Word of God for being saved. And we found out, uh, 1 John 1, 12, but as many as received him. That's talking about being saved. John 3, 16, whosoever believeth in him. Acts 2, 38, repent, amen. Acts 16, 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. John 3, 7, Jesus said, you must be born again. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 that we're to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God hath raised him from the dead and thou shalt be saved. Ephesians 2, 8, For by grace are ye saved through faith. 1 Peter 1, 23, Being born again by the word of God. James 1, 18, Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. And that word begat means that he birthed us into the family of God. We're saved, amen. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 1, 9, how you turn to God from idols. And so all of these are different ways of basically saying the same thing. And each one of them, they do point out a different, uh, a different aspect of that salvation. And so we're grateful, thank God, we're grateful for uh, the fact that we can be saved and I trust you are saved, and if you aren't, I hope that God will prick your heart and deal with you even during this broadcast. So last time, I began looking at what happens when someone is saved. Number one, we saw in Ephesians 1-7 that God forgave us of our sins. Ephesians 1-7, in whom we have redemption, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And so we talked about that, how that God forgave us of our sin. We had a legal debt that we owed to God because of our sin. But thank God Jesus, through redemption, he redeemed us. He paid that legal debt, uh, friend, for our sin, and that is the basis on which God forgave us. And then we saw number two, that God cleansed us from our sins. Revelation 1, 5, the latter part of that verse says, 
that he loved us and washed us from our sin. So God not only saves us from our sin, thank God, forgives us of the sin, but he cleanses us from that sin. He washes that defilement away from us. He cleanses our conscience, amen. And we no longer have to feel and experience the condemnation of a lost man because God cleanses us from our sin. No wonder the writer Isaiah said, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Uh, Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And so I say, thank God, friend, that he cleanses us from our sin. Thank God that we are forgiven of our sins. Now, thirdly, I want to say that what happens when God saves us, I want to say, number three, that God makes a new creature out of us. So number one, he forgave us our sin. Number two, he cleansed us from our sin. That's what I dealt with last week. And now I want to begin by picking up on this point, he makes a new creature out of us. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, and that's another way of saying if you're saved, because if you're saved, you are in Christ. Positionally, you're in Christ. When you got saved, you were baptized into the body of Christ, and I'll deal with that in a moment. But thank God we're in Christ, and God sees us in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, He is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And that word creature means that he is a new creation. And so when you and I got saved, God made a new creature out of us, a new creation. We became something that we were not before that salvation experience. That's what Jesus meant when he told Nicodemus, Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. He said, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You see, we must be born from above. and, And as I pointed out last week, when somebody is born into this world, it is a natural birth, and it is the result of a natural process of childbearing where the man and the wife come together, a conception takes place, and then that baby is developed, and then at nine months, that baby is delivered by that mother. That is a natural process. In the spiritual realm, it is a a spiritual process but it is natural in the sense that it has a process to it. The Holy Ghost of God takes the Word of God as we hear the Word of God preached. Amen. The Word of God, it quickens. It it convicts us. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God uh, to convict us and to let us become aware that we are sinners. And then the Spirit of God uh, births us into the family of God, we experience the new birth, amen, and we are born into the family of God. 
and we become something that we were not before that new birth. And that means that we have been made a new creature, thank God. Positionally, we have a position that we did not have before. We are in Christ. And then practically or experientially, we become something within us that we did not have. You see, when God saved you, he put the Holy Ghost in you. He made a new creature uh, out of you. And so you are a new man, amen. No longer the old man, but a new man. Before you got saved, you had the old nature, the Adamic nature, and that's all you had. That's why you were a sinner by nature. That's why you did not desire the things of God and, and righteousness, but you desired the flesh, the world, and the things that satisfies that. But when God saved you, he made a new creature out of you, and he put a new nature within you. We are now partakers of the divine nature. That means, yes, I still have the Adamic nature, but now I have the very nature of God in me as God has made a new man out of me. And friend, that's why when I got saved, I started living differently. I started thinking differently. I started talking differently. I started acting differently. Even though I had the same personality, a friend, I had had an inward change. A new creation was brought about by the work of the Holy Ghost in conversion. So when somebody gets saved, number three, God makes a new creature out of them. That's why John said, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Amen. That's why Paul wrote in Romans chapter number 12 and verse number one, he said, therefore, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, God has changed us, made somebody new out of us, and if you're saved, you don't want to live like you used to want to live. Amen? God changes your want to. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians in chapter number 6 and verses 9 through 11, he said, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? But be not deceived, neither fornicators, neither idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And he said, and such were some of you. And that word means past tense. And such were some of you. But ye are washed. I've done talked about that. But ye are washed. But ye are sanctified. And that word sanctified means that we have been set apart a holy for God's purpose and God's use. 
And so when God made a new creature out of you, he sanctified you, and that sanctification is an ongoing process in our lives that changes us, and that's what makes a brand new man out of us. It conforms us uh, practically to the very image of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have his righteousness positionally, uh, but practically and experientially, we are to live out the righteousness of God. And I want to say this, and this is a hard statement I'm about to make. It may offend some of you. But friend, if you live like the devil day in and day out and have no desire for holiness and no desire for the things of God, but yet you say that you are saved, I want you to know that you are deceived and you're going to wake up in hell if you aren't careful. If you are really saved, if you are really born again, uh, no, you will not live perfect, but you'll want to. You will continue to fail and sin and do wrong, but that's not going to be the way that you live your life. Your friend, you're going to have a desire to do right. You'll have a desire to live right. You will hunger and thirst after righteousness, and you'll want to get rid of sin in your life. You'll want to conform your life to the very holiness and the holy standard that the Bible teaches, amen, and so you'll straighten up. And this crowd, we're living in a day, I, I saw on the, the television the other day, it was showing a, a, new, a new church, and I hate to even call it a church. It was in California, had about 400 people in it, and they, they were uh, accepting the LGBT community, the homosexuals, the lesbians, and the gays. And then, uh, uh, then when they got done with the service, uh, they were eating pizza and drinking beer. I'm saying they were drinking beer. Friend, I got a real problem with that kind of theology. I think that beer is a sin, amen. I think homosexuality is a sin. It's against my religious beliefs. Legally, you may have every right that I've got to be what you are and what you want to be. You may have legally every right that I have, a friend, uh, as far as my, my wife and I, we are husband and wife, and legally, as far as our laws are concerned, you may have the same right legally uh, to sleep with whomever you want to, but I want to tell you, neighbor, and I, I listen, I, I hate to be the bearer of sad tidings, but it's a sin and abomination in the sight of God, amen, and we need to get it settled in our mind that God is a holy God, and he said to be ye therefore holy, for I'm holy, and I know that this old-time preaching isn't popular anymore, but friend, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And this crowd, friend, uh, that lives like hell and yet professes to, uh, to love God, uh, they're not going to go to heaven, and that's what Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians in chapter number 6. Uh, he said, be not deceived. He said, be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covenants, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. 
And I don't even, listen, let me get off the homosexuals for just a moment and talk about fornication. Some of you folk aren't married, but yet you're sleeping around, amen. Uh, some of you people are in church. You're singing in the choir. You may be a deacon. You might even be a young preacher, and you're not married, but yet you're having sex, a friend, and that's fornication. It is wicked in the sight of God. Some of you are hung up on pornography. Uh, that is wicked. It's sin in the sight of God. Some of you are stealing. That's wicked in the sight of God. Some of you are are drinking and doping and everything else. Hey, you say, preacher, you got up mad today, didn't you? No, I'm just here to tell you, dear neighbor, that this business of being holy, and I'm not saying that I'm holier than you are. I'm a, Listen, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I've still got the Adamic nature, and I still have to deal with the lust of the flesh. But the Bible said to walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I'm saying, neighbor, that our nation and our society and our churches have so compromised our morals that there's nothing wrong anymore. And young people are growing up, a friend having no conviction about nothing. And the reason people aren't getting saved is because uh, people aren't convicted about sin and people don't want to get saved until they realize that because of their sin, they're going to die and go to hell uh, unright with God. But I want to say, neighbor, uh, that if we'll get back to preaching heaven sweet and hell hot, and righteousness, a friend, and holiness, I believe we could see people get born again. Amen. Oh, my. I didn't mean to get carried out on all of that, but I believe the Holy Ghost wanted me to say exactly what I said. I'm cut out of the old cloth, and I come from the old school. I've been preaching since 1975, and when I started preaching in the 75, and when I preached through the 70s, and started pastoring in 1980 and pastored until 2017 and have been in full-time evangelism since then. I want to say, neighbor, that back in the 70s and the 80s, uh, this is the kind of preaching that you hear, heard every time you went to church. But now, friend, it's watered down. It's weakened down. And there's nothing wrong. Yet nobody don't want to preach against anything because everybody's doing everything and they're afraid they're going to lose their tithes. They're afraid they're going to lose their church members. But it's time that you and I realize that we better be pleasing to God uh, rather than man. It's time that we realize, friend, that we're going to stand and give an account to God uh, based on our life of uh, living the word of God. Friend, I'm telling you, neighbor, this thing is real, but it is holy and it is righteous and we better get with it. Amen. So God makes a new creature out of us. Number four, we receive the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. When God saved you, he put the Holy Ghost in you. It's Now, I know there's some denominations that believe we receive the Spirit afterwards. But the Bible said, if you have not the Spirit, in other words, if you have not the Spirit of Christ, you're none of his, Romans 8 9. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, 
of the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed. Now listen, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. When God saved you, he sealed you immediately by the Spirit of God that indwells you. So when you got saved, the Spirit of God took up his abode in you. Ephesians 4.30, Grieve not the Spirit of God, uh, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. So we are sealed. We receive the Holy Spirit of God, the indwelling Spirit, at the time of our salvation. Now there is a difference between the filling of the Spirit and the indwelling of the Spirit. You are not commanded to be indwelt by the Spirit because that happens to you when you got saved. But you are commanded to be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 And be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. You're not commanded to be baptized with the Spirit. You're commanded to be filled. That means to be controlled, to allow the Spirit of God to dictate in your life and to rule and to lead in your life. So when you got saved, you received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I know that some believe that speaking in tongues is the initial evidence of being filled with the Spirit, but the Bible doesn't teach that. I will say it again. The Bible doesn't teach that. Number five, when you got saved, God baptized you into the body of Christ. Now, the body of Christ is the church in which he is the head. And in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 and verse number 13, the Bible says, For, by, uh, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many uh, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. So when you got saved, God baptized you into the body of Christ. That's the church, thank God. And that baptism is a spiritual union that took place simultaneously the moment you were saved. And it is below our comprehension. In other words, I never realized what and all I got when I got saved until later when I began to study the Word of God. But when I bowed in that altar of the Hopewell Baptist Church uh, out on Highway 64 west of Murphy, North Carolina, when I bowed out there and got saved on August 11th, 1974, the Spirit of God placed me into the body of Christ. He immersed me into the body of Christ, exactly where God wanted me to be. Amen. And then number six, let me say that when you got saved, you received eternal life. That means you'll never die. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, look now, but have everlasting life. In John 3 and verse 36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Oh, my friend, when I got saved, uh, listen, I'm not going to begin to live eternally when I die, but I begin to live eternally when I got saved. And eternal life is not just the duration of life. It is the quality of life. 
because sinners that are going to die and go to hell, they're going to live forever in the torments of hell in the lake of fire. So they have everlasting life in the duration of it because they're going to last forever in the lake of fire. But you and I are going to last forever in the new heaven and the new earth throughout all eternity. And we're going to have a blessed life because it's an eternal life. It's the quality of that life. And I received that when I got saved. And I can't lose it. And then let me say that when we got saved, we became heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. In other words, everything that God has, I'm now an heir to that. In Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 17, and if children, that's who we are, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Amen. I'm heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Everything that God has, I, I have a part of it. Everything that Christ has, I have a part of it. That's my inheritance, thank God. And the, and the down payment of the inheritance, according to Ephesians 1, is the Spirit of God that's been put in me. And so I know that I have eternal life, and I know I'm going to heaven, and I'm going to, I know that I'm going to share in all that God has because he's given me the earnest or the down payment, which is the Spirit of God. So all of that happened when you got saved. If you'd like a copy of this message, these two messages on what happened when someone gets saved, then you can call or write. Call at area code 706-968-1182. You can write to P.O. Box 312, Cornelia, Georgia, 30531. You can email me at keithallisonministries at gmail.com, keithallisonministries at gmail.com. Uh, my my website is keithallisonministries.com and remember about my new book on prophecy discerning the times and we'd love to get that to you. Until next time, keep looking up. Jesus is coming soon. 97.5 Glory FM is WGTJ Murrayville Gainesville and W248DL Murrayville Gainesville.